Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and I wanted to go a little bit more in depth about chapter 13 uh, that we talked about uh, last night. So so tonight uh, what I want to do is what makes up the beast and uh, it received a fatal wound but was resurrected like what? And is John talking about a man or a nation when he's talking about this that received a fatal wound and then was brought back to life? And it says, well, so let's uh, let's just see what the Bible says. And so I'm going to look at some different um, study Bibles tonight and give some different uh, commentary on those. And, you know, just from based off of the notes that I've read. First one is, I don't know if you guys remember him or not, but it was Jack Vanapy. You guys remember him, Jack Vanapy and his wife, Rexella? Uh, uh, I know Rexella still works within the ministry, and she still does a lot on the YouTube uh, channel that they had. Of course, uh, Jack's gone on to be with the Lord. Um, I believe he went on to be with the Lord in January of 2020. So um, anyway, so my brother um, actually got me uh, the Jack Vanapy Prophecy Study Bible. Um, and so it was one of the last things I think that um, Jack Vanapy did um, before he passed away. So the study notes are, I mean, very, very good. Um, if you guys had never watched them, go check him out because um, he was such a sweet, sweet old man. But man, I tell you what, he had some clarity when it came to the Bible. He had almost all of the Bible memorized. Um, but yeah, he was he was right on. He had some great, great discernment. Um, so uh, what he did on his um study notes and so if you get the uh, the his study bible the prophecy bible he actually has an entire verse by verse study breakdown of the book of daniel and he also has a verse by verse study breakdown uh, from the book of revelation and so i'm going to take some notes from his book of uh his study on the book of revelation out of chapter 13. and so when it's talking about um okay let's just read it and this is the king james version he says in verse 2 revelation 13 2 and the beast which i saw was likened to a leopard and his feet were as the feet of a bear and his mouth as the mouth of a lion and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority and so he breaks it down and he says like he goes we've already discovered that number one babylon number two medo persia and number three, Greek, and number four, Rome, constitute the last four empires of world history. We have also learned that the revived Roman Empire originating in 1948 in the form of a final ten-nation confederation becomes the end-time power block. Now, Daniel 7 pictures these four empires as one, a lion, two, a bear, three, a leopard, and four, a beast who is a combination of the previous world powers, and he has conquered. So the beast empire contains a portion of each preceding empire. Actually, the only difference between the descriptions of John and Daniel is that the order is reversed in the book of Revelation. The reason for this is simple. John is looking back to the beginning while Daniel is looking forward to the conclusion. Putting it all together, the message of the ten horns, the ten toes, and the four beasts is one of the same from different vantage points and all picture a world dictator governing ten nations at the time of the end. The ten nation confederate a confederacy constitutes the revival of the fourth power, the old Roman Empire. 
as typified by the fourth monstrous animal or the beast. And so um, he goes on to talk about this. So this is where we're going to get into, because if, if you go back and you read the, the book of Daniel, especially chapter seven, um, it breaks all of this down. And so it's, you know, the Bible is, is amazing in how the prophecies how were written across thousands of years. And they try to say that the book of Daniel was wrote later than it actually was because it uh, prophesied so I mean, to the exact day, you know, uh, when Jerusalem fell and like when all this stuff. Was so, I mean, just go back and uh, get you a good study Bible. And, you know, I might do a study um, in Daniel um, after I finish this study in the the, the tribulation out of uh, the book of Revelation. If you guys want to do that, um, let me know. Again, my my email is Bible prophecy, the number four today dot I'm sorry, not .com. My website is BibleProphecy, the number four today .com. But you can shoot me an email via through my website, or you can uh, get me uh, at Bible Prophecy, the number four. So it's the not F O R, but the number four uh, today at Outlook.com. And let me know what you guys think about that. Um, so, anyway, let's move along. And so uh, here's the one where he's talking about he sees one of the heads and it's been wounded. So, this is verse three, and it says, I mean, I saw one of the one of his heads as if it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And so some translations say marveled, you know, after the beast. But he says in his notes, it says, the wounding of the beast is mentioned three times in this chapter, verse 3, 12, and in verse 14. And he says, See, I muted my mic, but I caught it that time when I adjusted it. <laughs> um, so it's in a bad spot on this sure mic. But anyway, um, so the wound produces death, but restoration to life follows. Some commentators think that this is uh, that this statement represents the fall of the old Roman Empire and its restoration through the Ten Nation Confederacy. Others uh, believe that it speaks of the resurrection of Judas Iscariot, for he and the Antichrist are the only ones ever called the son of perdition. Uh, that's John 17, uh, 12, and 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 3. God alone knows. And he goes, a third possibility, this is what most of us believe, uh, would be that the Antichrist is assassinated or killed midway through the tribulation hour. And that's a Daniel 11, verse uh, 45. Uh, such an event uh, would give the great counterfeiter Satan the opportunity to perform a resurrection. This would prove invaluable to the prestige of the Antichrist since the deity of the Lord Jesus was affirmed by his resurrection 2,000 years before. That's Matthew 12, 39 and verse 40. Remember that the Antichrist proclaims himself God and even sits in the temple in Jerusalem during the tribulation. So that's 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 and Matthew 24, 15. Thus, a counterfeit resurrection would assure the world that he is all he claims to be. He goes, uh, and this is Jack Vanapie, and he says he personally believes this to be the correct solution because when it happens, all the world wonders after him. Mankind is literally overwhelmed by the Antichrist power and authority. Now, verse 4 says, And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? who is able to make war with him. So another reason that verse 3 may speak of an actual resurrection is that millions who previously would not believe in the Antichrist now begin to worship him and Satan. So in the second half of this chapter, 
He says, we will see that the false prophet or the religious leader of the tribulation period actually enforces the worship of the Antichrist. Since the people think of him as God, they cry, who is like unto the beast and who is able to make war with him? Yes, uh, who can combat this self-proclaimed God and be victorious? So that's who he thinks um, what is going on with the whole beast and with the 10 nations. And so I want to get a little further in uh, to the 10 nations and confederates and all this stuff because you guys are going to be blown away when he wrote this, this was years and years ago, all right? And then we can look at things now in the world and say, wow, my goodness, look at all of this. But um, I want to see, I want to look at the beginning here and see when he actually, um, uh, when this was actually, um, what do you call it? Copyrighted. Let's see. He doesn't have a copyright. Oh, he's got to. He's got to. At least the year. Let's see the year that he wrote it let me see here or i just wanted to know the study notes you know what years he put the the study notes together because of the <clears throat> excuse me the confederations and the world um uh organizations and stuff that he um that he talks about so because i wanted to know how you know how far back ago he had um had done that and how early uh you know like now i didn't know if it was like 20 years ago or if it was because i know he passed away in 2020 but i don't know how far back he went or how you know what i mean like nowadays like we have the world health organization and we have the world economic forum and because the ones that i'm gonna mention to you go way back that he's mentioned but let's just jump into that i was gonna look at some other uh, commentary from uh, dr adrian rogers i don't know if you guys ever listened to him but it's a little worth finding um lwf.org if you want to go and check it out he passed away, I believe, in 2006 or 2008. But I absolutely loved Dr. Adrian Rogers. And you can still listen to him on one place, too, if you ever wanted to hear some of his good old sermons. He's a good old Baptist. I love Dr. Adrian Rogers. But he has a, a legacy uh, study Bible as well. And so he talks about the biography of the beast. So let's jump into the biography of the beast really quick before we move on to the um, organizations, world organizations um, that Jack Vanipy mentions. So this is from the Dr. Adrian Rogers Legacy Study Bible, and he's the biography of the beast. And this is Revelation 12 and 13. He says, standing in the shadows of history is a man known as the Antichrist, a man with many aliases. In the Bible, he's called the beast, the man of sin, the son of perdition, and the little horn. In spite of this multiplicity of names, he has but one heart and one motive. There are five things I want you to know about the beast. And this is coming from Dr. Adrian Rogers. Number one, the social agitation that delivers the beast. In Revelation 17, 5, the waters represent peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. The sea is seething. There is social agitation. The peoples of this world are in turmoil like the troubled sea. And in Revelation 13, 1, the beast rises out of this agitation. So take a break, look around at the world right now, and tell me, is the world in agitation? I mean... Think about it. I think we are. I think we're more agitation than in, in, in any time in history, I think. So moving along. Number two, the satanic attributes that describe the beast. His father, the dragon, the devil, Revelation 12, 3 and 13, 1. His family heritage is the collection of the collective evil of the world's empires. And so that is Revelation 13, 2 and Daniel 7. His fortune is the power, throne and authority of Satan. Revelation 13, 2. The beast is Satan's Superman a false messiah, a man of sin who is diabolically wicked. 
Number three, the seductive appeal that disguises the beast. Although the character of the beast is hideous, his appearance will have a worldwide appeal. He will be clever and greatly intelligent, a global charmer. And when the beast is healed of, the, of a deadly head wound, the whole world will wonder after him. That's Revelation 13, 3 and 4. They will worship this fraud, this angel of light, this evil counterfeit of God. Number four, the sinister ambition that drives the beast. His goals are well known. The beast wants to deify Satan, Revelation 13, 4. He's coming to defy the Savior, verse 5. He's coming to destroy saints by every means possible, verse 7. And the beast wants to dominate society with global control. Now, remember that. This is verse 7. Remember that because when we get into the Jack Vanopy, his study notes, I'm going to show you how close, I mean, they are moving to this global um, control that they want, this world domination, this world dominion, one world government. Okay. So continuing on, and Dr. Adrian Rogers notes say, and he wants to delude sinners and whose names, all whose names aren't already written in the book of life. That's verses 8 through 10. The Bible tells us that the beast is the man who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. Remember this, the devil doesn't want casualties. He wants converts. He wants people to worship him. Number five, the supporting agent who declares the beast. The beast will have someone who will make him popular and known to the world, a propaganda agent, NBC, Fox, sorry. <laughs> this second beast comes out of the earth. He is the anti-spirit who controls the world through deceiving wonders. The Pope, I'm sorry, just threw that in there. Revelation 13, 13 and 14. Enforced worship, verse 14, and controlled wealth, verses 16 through 18. Did you notice that, folks? Controlled wealth. And I'm going to read that. That is 16 through 18. So remember, this is Revelation 13, 16 through 18. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their forehead or on their foreheads, on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Just letting you know. And so anyway, and this is Dr. Adrian Rogers, and he says, Friend, you have a voice. Or so he goes, Friend, you have a choice. You can choose to love and follow the Lamb of God, or you will follow the beast who will come out of the writhing sea of humanity. He could even be waiting in the wings right now, ready to step onto the world stage at any moment. So choose today, the beast or the lamb. To me, the choice is clear, he says. And to me, it is too. I choose Jesus Christ. And so you look around the world today, and I, I absolutely, without a doubt, believe that Satan has his man waiting in the wings. He's got a man ready to take the stage as the Antichrist. If you go back and you look in history, and you can go all the way back to Nero, we have Hitler, which amazingly, Nero and Hitler uh, their names actually all added up to 666. But one thing, folks, you got to remember is that Satan has no idea when Christ is coming back for his church. He has no idea when the Lord is going to rapture his church. But he knows that once that happens, his time is short. 
right? And so he's always got to have somebody ready to take the place to walk in as the antichrist so he's always got to be ready look you look you look around the world today and everything is moving so fast because god is allowing this to happen right and when jesus said behold i come quickly behold these things take place quickly like birth pains upon a pregnant woman the word is tachos which means we get our english word tachometer from that which means you know you rev your engine those honda fans know that hey hey honda fans you know if you're out there anyway when he rev that line i mean it boom man that tachometer six seven eight thousand rpms revolutions per minute right so that's where you get that word and so you look at the past couple years couple you know at least two three years especially things have been moving so fast and they're only going to move faster if you, if you guys listen to my earlier uh broadcast about one o'clock i think i did i talked about uh, things going on in the world today the world health organization what they're going to be voting on this treaty um that's going to give them um, ultimate power um to like literally shut down the world like national sovereignty will be out the door but you're not going to hear that on your mainstream media <laughs> so that's why you got to hunt for them for the truth right and so let's move on along and so i want to throw that in the doctor uh, from dr adrian rogers and i tell you what if you have any questions you can actually go to lwf which is loveworthfinding.org and check it out he's got topics on everything if you have not gotten his legacy study bible i guarantee you're going to get it because he's got all his little adrians in there which is little witty witty wittiums i guess you want to call them anyway he was uh to know him is to love him and if uh you haven't had a chance to listen to some of his sermons you can go to one place or a lot of them are, are compiled there at oneplace.com uh check that out and uh, anyway so let's move along and um so i wanted to go into this so this is where jack vanabee starts naming off these now you're gonna listen to how many times i say world or universal or international and you're gonna be like what and these have gone back years years ago and i was trying to earlier i wanted to what i was trying to get at is i wanted to uh, see when he had literally wrote the notes uh for the for the study bible because i want to see how far uh, how far ago that that was because he didn't mention you know the world economic forum or or anything like that but let's check it out so mm sorry about that so in verse 7 says it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations and so this is jack vanipi and he says the fight is on for the saints of the tribulation hour remember this is not the church satan battles the church as they return with christ and that is chapter 19 verse 14 folks that's exciting i can't wait to get there but anyway uh it says um or to get to reading to that part um anyway and it says in the scene before us he is attempting to destroy the millions who washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb it's chapter 7 verse 14 and who also refused the mark of the beast that comes along chapter 20 verse 4 instead of experiencing defeat they overcome satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony that was back in chapter 12 verse 11. so during this time the antichrist controls the entire world he is an international despot as exercising power over all kindreds tongues and nations and he goes such a one world government is almost upon us he says so as you can see i wanted to go back and see you know the copyright on this what date he had actually had you know wrote these notes but i couldn't find it but i'll, I'll keep looking for it later anyway he says consider for a moment the global organizations which have become um, existent in our day so listen to this folks number one the international atomic energy committee or i'm sorry agency number two the international labor organization 
Number three, the Food and Agricultural Organization. Number four, the International Bank for, Recon for Reconstruction and Development or World Bank. Number five, the International Development Association. Number six, the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, commonly called UNESCO. Number seven, the World Health Organization. Number eight, the International Finance Corporation. Number nine, the International Monetary Fund. Number 10, the International Civil Aviation Organization. Number 11, the Universal Postal Union. Number 12, the International Telecommunications Union. Number 13, the World Meteorological Association. The World Meteorological, Ooh, that's a mouthful. Number 14, the Intergovernmental, Intergovernmental Maritime Consultative Organization. And number 15, the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trades Organization. The formation of such international al uh, alliances has led outstanding thinkers to think that a new world order is on the horizon. So I named off all those, but then you got to go back to the to the foreign affairs, um, to um, the Council of World Foreign Affairs, all kinds of. So now we have the World Economic Forum, which seems to be dictating everything. Um, there's so many other organizations that have come out um, since he wrote these, you know. And so that's why I was curious. But anyway, he says presently he goes, we may be witnessing mankind, uh, mankind's uh, final approach to the much publicized new world order or one world government of the Antichrist. At this point in history, he says all the world will be amazed as the self-styled deity takes control and the majority will submit to his authority. However, God always has a remnant who will now bow to Baal or other deities. And so that is from the Jack Benefee's Prophecy Study Bible. And so um, I wanted to move along here, and I do have um, another one here that I'll read. This is the Apologetics um, Bible, and this is the Holman uh, Christian Standard Bible, not the CSB, their old-school Holman Christian Standard Bible. So uh, this guy was, um, uh, was discontinued, and they changed a little bit of the translation to the CSB, and uh, I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. I like the old school um, Holman Christian Standard Bible. And so if you can find it, get it. Uh, I will tell you that you're probably going to have to go on eBay to get that, or you're going to have to go on to, um, well, if you go on Amazon, you're going to pay through the IT food. I'll tell you that much. Your best bet is to go to eBay and get the HCSB Apologetic Study Bible. Trust me, I got it from a lady out of Oklahoma. I order several. Every time I find one, I buy one because, uh, you know, I give them away. And so if you can, you know, find them, I'll tell you what, get them. Get them because they're not in print anymore. Uh, so let's go along here. And this, I had actually moved on to 17, but um, let me go back here. So um, they were talking about uh, on verse, uh, chapter 13, um, Sorry, I feel like I can hear the pages. <laughs> but anyway, it says chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. It says, the beast here, first mentioned in 11.7, is described in similar terms to the beast, especially the fourth in the vision of Daniel chapter 7. Um, his power comes from Satan, the dragon. Uh, since the beast had been embarrassed by the resurrection and ascension of the two witnesses back in Revelation 11, 11 and 11 through 12, or verses 11, sorry, chapter 11, 11 through 12. Verse 3 appears to describe either a fake resurrection or a nearly fatal wound. 
that, quote, miracle overrides the raising of the two witnesses now no longer visible. As a result, the world populace worships the beast and whether knowingly or not, the devil who energizes the beast. At this point in time in the world right now, you know what? They probably, if they knew it was Satan, they probably would be worshiping Satan. Because if you look around right now, I've never seen so much evil and, and demonic activity ever. And people just go along with it. They don't even care. They don't even care anymore. This world, whew, it's not the same world I grew up in. But anyway, so verses, uh, chapter 13, verse 5 through 7 says, The beast worldwide reign of terror is allowed by divine authority for 42 months, three and a half years, after the witnesses complete their ministry and are taken to heaven. We should talk about that in the last study. So, uh, chapter 13, verse 8 says, The earth dwellers choose to worship the blasphemous beast are rooted in the absence of their names from the Lamb's Book of Life. Mankind is held responsible for choices that are ultimately attributed to divine election and predestination. This is the only place in Revelation where the wording, if anyone has an ear, he should listen, is found outside the letters to the churches in chapter 2 to 3. It probably functions as a call to, an in, to endurance and faith in the face of the explanation for why the world follows the beast, which is verse 8. I think, and so does John MacArthur, thinks that um, at his study notes that uh, the reason that it doesn't say if anyone has an ear, let him hear uh, to the churches is because the church is not there anymore. Now, the seven letters to the churches, we were there. The church was still here, but now the church is in heaven. We are not here. And so that's why he says if anyone has an ear, he should listen. Or if anyone has an ear, let him hear. Right. So anyway, this is the HCSB. And so you can see how um, different uh, study Bibles or different scholars, you know, can interpret things different or they discern things a little bit different. And it's nice to get a well-rounded view, um, you know, and read different, um, you know, people and learn uh, what they think, right? Because it's not, you know, I mean, that's just me. I like to know. I like to look around and read as much as I can and gain as much knowledge as I can. And then, you know, I pray to the Holy Spirit. I pray to God and the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. So, you know, like we always say, this is not a salvational issue. So it's not going to change your salvation. You know, that's what they, when they talk about that. So, you know, we're all going to have, you know, we're going to have disagreements as Christians. We're going to have disagreements. But the point is, it's not a salvational doctrinal issue. So, anywho. That's what, you know, so anyway, so he goes on to say the, uh, the scholars that, that got together to do this says, uh, verses 13, 16 to eight is the mark of the beast is in contrast to the seal verse seven, three to four. It says in the name of the lamb and the father 14, one on the foreheads of the 144,000, many have attempted to calculate not just the number 666 but also the exact identity of the man to whom it refers since first john 2 18 states that many antichrists have come as foreshadowing the ultimate antichrist figure there may be some marginal usefulness in noting that names like nero and hitler can be shown to have a numerological value of 666 by assigning a numerical a numer numerical value to each letter of the alphabet however it is wise to realize that such a numerological calculation will be clear only as the actual events unfold. So, like I said, as a church, we'll be raptured. We're the bride of Christ. We will not be here when the Antichrist is revealed. So, but I like um, how he contrasts that, right? So, Satan will have his mark, right? He'll put his mark 
out there and they'll have to worship his mark and, and the image of his, you know, the beast, right? But the 144,000 are sealed by the Holy Spirit. They're sealed on the forehead by God, right? And so it kind of, you know, Satan's the big counterfeiter, right? He wants to be like God. And so I thought that was kind of neat how they did that. But anyway, so uh, yeah, get you get you a good study Bible and, uh, you know, get in the Word of God. Like I always say, and let the Word of God really get into you. And so I hope this kind of helps you guys want to, you know, want to get into to the book of Revelation or want to, you know, really study in it, get you a good commentary. Um, another thing I like is maps. So I like to, I like to get uh, maps, you know, and so like kind of, you know, go back in history because it's, you know, it's really cool to read the Bible, but it's really cool to have like, you know, the maps like right there, like as you're reading, you can look over and say, wow, you know, this is, these are real places. This is, you know, Jesus really was walking here. You know, the apostle Paul really did, um, you know, walk here. They're really, you know, it's kind of cool. So, but anyway, with that guys, uh, I'm going to get off of here and, um, tomorrow we will continue, uh, the study, um, of revelation. I do believe we'll be in chapter 15. If I'm not correctly, I just wanted to go back and, uh, do uh, a little bit more in depth, especially, um, you know, the, the 10 nations, you know, where they came from and like, you know, the, the leopard and the bear and, you know, like, what is all this stuff? You know, Daniel, the book of Daniel, you know, uh, talks about it. And so if you haven't read through Daniel, definitely read, you know, through Daniel chapter seven, you know, and eight, nine and 10. Um, it's, I mean, it's so amazing how the Bible whew, just, oh, it's amazing. But, um, so we will, yeah, pick up, I'm looking through here. We're going to pick up, um, looks like we're going to pick up in um, chapter 15. And I think we're going to start, oh, yeah, the first bowl judgment. So, the, okay, I'm going to go ahead and go on through here because I know last night I kind of did a little cliffhanger thing about what happens to the people who take the mark. So let's go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and read um, uh, verse uh, chapter 16. And I'm just going to read um, uh, through, let's do 16 through verse 2 because that'll tell you okay so then i heard a loud voice from the sanctuary saying to the seven angels go and pour out the seven bowls of god's wrath on the earth the first went and poured out his bowl on the earth and severely painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshiped his image what imagine that so all those who took the mark of the beast, whether it be on their forehead or on their right hand, now have severely painful sores. So this is the uh, HCSB um, uh, translation. So, but let's check out what uh, the New King James has to say on that. So let me, I put my iPad on the charger so I don't have it. So you guys are going to have to. Bear with me as I go through the old school here <laughs> and flip some pages. Okay, so the New King James Version says, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. First bowl, Lotham soars. Number two, verse two says, So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth in a foul and low, a foul and Lotham sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. Well, folks, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound very pleasant to me, and I'm sure it doesn't sound very pleasant to you. So I'm going to go here, and we're going to pull up uh, that same verse in Revelation, and I want to tell you guys 
from um, uh, John MacArthur. I had a brain fart. <laughs> Happens a lot to me, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah. So, chapter 16, um, he's going to, I'm going to break down his notes and says, uh, so Revelation 16, 2 says, first bowl, harmful and painful sores came. The Septuagate uh, uses the same Greek word to describe the boils that plagued the Egyptians. And that's uh, Exodus 9, 9 to 11 and afflicted Job, which is Job 2 and 7. In the New Testament, it describes the open sores that covered the beggar Lazarus. It's back in Luke 16, 21. It says, all over the world, people will be affected with incurable, open, oozing sores. Mark of the beast. Only the worshipers of Antichrist will be afflicted. So, oh my goodness. And then the second bowl. Going to get that. That's going to get exciting. That's every living thing um, that's going to die in the sea. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Things are going to get really, really, really bad because this is the second half, uh, often referred to as the Great Tribulation. And so I hope you guys will join me um, tomorrow as I delve into uh, chapter 16. And I hope the Holy Spirit will um, bless the reading of His Word and uh, the study of his word and um i hope the whole i hope the uh the holy spirit will convict you um if you have not made jesus christ uh, the lord of your life i uh, don't want you to wait any longer don't know you never know we're not guaranteed our next breath um so i ask that the lord would bless the reading of his word and so with that guys i'm gonna get out of here so uh get in the word of god let the word of god get into you and as always maranatha lord jesus maranatha